Hey there, and welcome to GlendaleCC.org, or to our new podcast on iTunes, Glendale Christian KY. This week, we have a special message in honor of September 11th, entitled Hero. Senior Minister Jeff Gaines will be teaching from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Thank you for listening. We hope you learn and enjoy. I'm glad to see all of you, and I do want you to know, no matter how you step foot in this room, seriously, you're welcome here, just the way you are. This is a safe place to be you. And I think this is a good place to learn more about Jesus and what it looks like to follow him. Um, Today we are reminded of September 11th, 2001. It's been 15 years. Isn't that crazy to think about? Um, But even though it's 15 years ago, I think that most of us can remember exactly where we were on that day. And and probably in great detail. I know for me, I can remember very clearly that I felt like that event was the beginning of the end of the world. Did anybody else feel like that? Did anybody else feel like this is, Armageddon is just around the corner. That's how I felt. Um, the, one, the one silver lining of all hell breaking loose on that day is that when all hell breaks loose, heroes emerge. Heroes emerge. And one of the images that I will always remember is there, out of those burning buildings, there was a river of people determined to get out and and just frantic you know you could see the fear on their faces they were determined to get out of that building but there were brave men and women in uniform first responders and it was like they were swimming upstream everybody else was determined to get out everybody else was determined to save themselves these brave men and women were determined to get into that building they were determined to save other people i was blown away by that and in that moment we saw heroes And heroes give us hope. But as much as we love and honor and respect our heroes, um, human heroes can only save partially. And and you know that. I'll I'll give you a couple examples. Um, If um, an EMT, EMS comes upon a person that's overdosed on drugs, many times they can resuscitate that person, right? But they can't save that person from the addiction, can they? Can only save partially. Um, a police officer can go into a domestic abuse situation and they can pull that person out of the domestic abuse situation. They can save them from the situation, but they can't save them from the relationship, can they? They can only save partially. And our heart, our heart longs for a hero that can save completely. We, we long for some certainty that lasts forever. We long for that kind of security. And I think that's why the Sunday after September 11th, the churches were packed. It was standing room only. People were desperate for some certainty about the future. They were desperate for hope that they could hold on to. And isn't it interesting that when America was at her lowest point, people turned first to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? And and I think it goes to show this. Jesus is the ultimate hero. He's the ultimate hero. And, And this is what we know in our hearts. We already know this. Only Jesus can save completely. We already know that. I want to remind you of that today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Uh, You can follow along on the screens here. Um, Then he, speaking of Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed, and they asked, 
What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Pray with me. Father, we come to you in this moment. Having received your words, Lord, I pray that those seeds of truth that you've planted in our hearts, I pray they'll take root in this moment. I pray we'll be receptive, Lord, to the things that you have to tell us. And Lord, I pray that we'll believe these things to be true about us and we'll believe these things that we're saying are true about you. And I pray that we can live in light of these realities. Thank you so much, Lord, for this place. Thank you for these people. Bless us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is the ultimate hero. And one of the ways that we can see it is Jesus is willing to put himself in harm's way in order to benefit others. He's willing to put himself in harm's way in order to benefit others. In his foreknowledge, he saw that a storm was coming. And he got in the boat anyways. In his knowledge, he saw there was a storm coming and got in the boat anyways because he knew it would benefit his disciples to see this miraculous work. He knew it would. And that's characteristic of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, it talks about how Jesus was God. He's always been God. He resided in heaven. Heaven is paradise. That's what the Bible says about heaven. And Jesus stepped out of paradise, and he, he came to earth. Put on skin and bones like you and I have, and he came to earth. He, he emptied himself, the Bible says, of all of his divine privileges. And he came to earth. And he didn't come to like San Diego or Glendale, someplace beautiful like this. He went to the, the desert in the Middle East, and I've never been there, but I, I, I don't hear good things about it. It doesn't get good ratings on TripAdvisor, okay? And that's where Jesus went, and he went during a time where it's fashionable to have like a big, thick beard and, and like a Billy Cyrus haircut was long, you know? And so I'm sure it was really hot, uncomfortable. He traded paradise for the Middle Eastern desert, and, and he didn't come to like a family that was like a, a royal family. He didn't come to a palace instead he was born into this impoverished family his mom was a teenage mom uh, she she wasn't even married yet and, and he's born into this situation he grows up you know they do the best he can but but he grows up to be a homeless preacher moms and dads isn't that what you're hoping for your kids homeless preacher and so he's a homeless preacher and, and Jesus says of himself I have no place to lay my head I don't even have a home don't have a bed so every night he's sleeping on the ground how many of you if you sleep in a hotel room your back is like jacked up yeah, Jesus every day, because he's a human, and, and human bodies, they fail, don't they? They get weak, and, and, and they need a nap sometimes, and so Jesus, I'm sure, woke up sometimes, and he had a, a, a crick in his neck, a, a pain in his neck, too, I'm sure, from the people that are following him around, because he's got these disciples, and, and, and they're trying to learn from Jesus, but it seems like everywhere they go, they mess up stuff, and so Jesus has to come up from behind them and clean all their messes up. And these are the people he's working with. And then behind his disciples, there's a group of people that are just hating on Jesus. They're, they're just waiting for Jesus to mess up and they're going to pounce on him and they're going to just expose him for this big fraud. And so this is Jesus's life and he lives this way for over, for over 30 years. And at the end of his life, the Bible says that he lived a sinless life, completely flawless in his character. And at the end of his life, how's he repaid? Well, the Bible says that the Roman Empire and the Jewish temple, they beat him beyond recognition as a man. The skin is completely ripped off of his back with a whip. And, and, and then they, they stretch his arm out on a beam and they, they nail him to the beam. They, they send spikes through his wrist right there. And then they lift the beam up onto a pole and they let him hang there. Now, the way they crucified people is they strip him totally naked. So Jesus doesn't have underwear on. I know that's the image that we think he's got some... No, he's naked, and he's, he's hanging up on this cross, and people, hundreds of people walking by, they're gawking at him, they're laughing at him, they're spitting 
on him. And here's the deal. When Jesus was still in heaven, before he traded his heavenly home for the Middle Eastern desert, before that happened, Jesus saw it coming. He knew what his destiny was, and he did it anyways, because Jesus is a hero. He's a hero. He's the ultimate hero, and he's willing to put himself in harm's way to benefit you and I. So he sees the storm coming, he gets on the boat anyway. Next verse, verse 24. Suddenly, suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. The waves overcame the boat. Suddenly, a furious storm came, because that's how storms come, don't they? They come suddenly. We don't get a text message or an email from that upcoming trial or temptation saying, hey, I'm on the way. Brace yourself. Here comes the storm. Doesn't happen that way, does it? I met this last week the lady that was uh, the bank teller at the, the bank that was robbed recently, Sicilian Bank. It happened about 10 days ago. I met her, and uh, she said this. So true, and I think we can all relate to this. She said, it was a normal day. It was just a normal day until he walked in because that's how storms come, unexpected. And when they come, when they come, they test our limits, don't they? They show us real quick because they're unexpected, and, and it can be overwhelming. I remember when I was in fifth grade, Whitney Fox broke up with me, and my world was crushed. It was crushed. The only thing that kept me going is Whitney had a twin. Her name was Nicole, and I said, if, if Whitney won't have me, I'll settle for Nicole. That was the only thing that kept me going. But then Nicole rejected me too, and so I literally I thought I was going to die. I thought there's nothing left to live for. And so I look back on that, and I think we, we all have a story like that, do we not? Look back on that season and just think, why was I so upset? It's silly. It was dumb. But at the time, it was devastating because... She, Here's the deal. No matter how small your storms seem in comparison to other people's problems, for us, they're overwhelming. In, in the midst of that storm, you feel like the waves are sweeping over your boat. It's overwhelming. And so what do you do? Here's the, the good thing about the disciples. They had enough sense to, to know their limits and be honest about their limits. You see, these are experienced fishermen. They've been through storms like this hundreds of times before, but there was something different about this storm. And they recognized it. And, and when you recognize you've reached your limit, you, you kind of have this crossroads, and you've got to make a decision. Am I going to try and be a hero, or am I going to ask for some help? They decided we probably ought to ask for some help, but Jesus was sleeping. You ever accuse God of sleeping on you? It's like, Lord, do you not hear me? I'm, I'm praying this thing. Can you not see the storm I'm going through? Lord, I can't feel you. I can't see you. I don't hear you. Where are you? Are you asleep? Are you absent? What's going on? But, but here's the deal. Jesus sleeping isn't a sign that he's absent. He's right there in the boat. He, he's in the boat with you. Listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this today. Jesus is never far from where you are. He is never far from where you are. Let me prove it to you. There's a guy named Paul, and he'd go around preaching. First century preacher, one of the greatest preachers to ever live. He went to this place called Athens, and Athens was like the cesspool of sin. Every kind of sin you could think about, it was in Athens. So think of Vegas, but more prostitutes and no slot machines, okay? You got a mental image? You tracking with me? Okay. So Paul's preaching to this group of people, and they're all crazy, like sinful, sinful, sinful people. And Paul says this to this, this group of people in Acts chapter 17, verse 27. Look what he says. 
He says his purpose was for the nations to seek after God. God's purpose is that the nations seek after him, that they would, they would come to God. Well, how did they come to him? And Paul says, well, I know you're blind because you're blinded by all this crazy stuff you're doing in your life. You've got so much sin, you can't see God. I understand that. But if you just feel for him, if you just reach out your arms and, and, and you will find him, why will you find him? Because indeed, he is not far from any one of us. He's not far from where you are. He's not far from where you are. Today, no matter how you step foot into this room, no matter what kind of baggage you're carrying with you, no matter what you believe about yourself, no matter what other people are saying about you, Jesus is it within walking distance of where you are, even now. Even now. So the disciples, they, they realize we've reached our limit. And, and they reached out to Jesus because they say, I can't be a hero. I've got to humble myself. I've got to ask for help. And so verse 25. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Sometimes we have to go through the storm in order to recognize our need for a Savior. Sometimes we've got to go through the storm in order to recognize our need for the Savior. I've, I've counseled two, two men this year who in the process of losing their marriage, they found Jesus. And both of them said this about this whole process. They said, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. I hated every moment of this. It's just ripped my heart out time and time again. But they both said this. They said, if this is what I needed to go through in order to find Jesus, I'm glad it happened. If this is what I needed to go through in order to realize that I need a Savior, I'm glad it happened. Sometimes we have to go through the storm in order to recognize that we need a Savior. And so in the midst of this storm, these men, they reach their limits, they cry out to Jesus, and look what they say. They say, Lord, Lord. Lord means master. It means you are superior to me. It means you're smarter than me, you're stronger than me, your ways are better than me. And so they cry out to Jesus. They humble themselves before Jesus, and they say, Lord, master, I'm your servant. I'll do anything you'll ask of me. All I want, all I need is for you to save us. Save us, God, because we're going to drown. I can't save myself, Lord. Without you, Jesus, I'm lost. I'll die without you. I need you. I'm desperate for you. We've got to get to that place in our life where we recognize I, I can't save myself. I need someone who's bigger than me, who's stronger than me, who's wiser than me, who's capable enough to pull me out of the mess I've made and put me on solid ground. I need a Savior. We all have got to get to that point. And some of you are hesitant today. You're hesitant to get to that point because you're afraid. What if I cry out to Jesus and he rejects me? What if I cry out to him and he says, no, you're not good enough? You need to understand today, you don't have to have a perfect faith in order for Jesus to help you. Look at this, verse 26. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Now let's pause there for a second. Jesus acknowledges their weakness. He looks at them. He says, okay, I, I see all your flaws. It's right there. You don't have much faith. And because you don't have much faith, it's affecting how you feel. You're afraid. And, and I'm sure it affects how, what you do. You know, you, you're, not, you're not operating in faith right now. And I recognize that. I acknowledge that. But what does Jesus do? He says, you have little faith and you're afraid. And then he got up and rebuked. What did he rebuke? Did he rebuke the disciples? Did he beat them down? Did he say, you're not good enough? 
I'm going back to sleep. Did he do that? No. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Listen to me. Jesus stands opposed to, to that which is destructive in your life. That's what he stands opposed to. He doesn't stand opposed to you. And I know a lot of people, that's how you feel. You feel like Jesus is just here. He's trying to beat me down. He's trying to rebuke me. But no, no, no. Jesus stands opposed to that which is destructive in your life. And so Jesus gets up from his bed. He rebukes the wind and the waves. And it was completely calm. Jesus just speaks to that hurricane. He speaks to those waves that are sweeping over the boat. He speaks to... Those, 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 that wind that's just tossing the boat around, he speaks all that in an instant. It's completely calm because only Jesus can completely save. And the disciples see this. And you know what they're not talking about? They're not talking about the storm. They're not talking about their, their near-death experience. They're not talking about how, how scared they were. The only thing they can think about is this, verse 27. The men were amazed. Not at the power of the storm, not at how the boat almost capsized, not at how scared they were. They were amazed at Jesus. They said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? They ask, who is this guy? That's a question we all have to answer. We all have to answer that question. And I think some of us today were confused about who Jesus really is. Erica's mom, she, she has a mental disorder. It's called schizophrenia. It's a, it's a terrible disease. And she gets fearfully, just frantically fearful over things that aren't there. And, and so, you know, she, she believes sometimes that there's aliens that are, that are going to take her or that there's bugs that are going to eat her. And, and she gets so scared that she calls the police. And so oftentimes, she, the police would come and they knock on the door and they say, we're here to help. We're here to help. And she would call Erica, or Erica and say, there are police here, and I'm not sure if they're here to hurt me or to help me because she's so confused. I'm not sure. And so we'd walk through and say, okay, did you call the police? Yeah, we call the, I call the police. Are they in uniform? Yeah, they're in uniform. Okay, are they in their cruiser? Yeah, they're in their police. Okay, listen, it's okay. Open the door. They're not going to hurt you. They're just there to help you. Now, some of you, in this moment, even now, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He's knocking, and your soul is crying out to him. You've called out to Jesus, but you're scared. You're scared to open up the door of your heart because this is, you're afraid. Jesus, are you here to help me? Or are you here to hurt me? What's going to happen when I surrender control of my life to you? Is it going to ruin me? Look at this. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, these are Jesus' words. And you, you know part of this. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. He went out of his way. He put himself in harm's way to benefit you and I. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever, whoever believes in him. Everyone, the Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Now, this is the part you may not know. For God did not send his son into the world to what? Did not send his son into the world to what? 
condemned. Jesus, in this moment, this is what he's saying. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to beat you down. I'm not here to take things from you. I'm here to help you. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior because you're scared of what it'll mean for your life, just understand in this moment, he's not here to hurt you. He's the ultimate hero. He's the ultimate hero, and he's gone out of his way to benefit you. He's shown his love time and time again. He's stronger than any storm you'll ever face. Jesus will never look at your mess and say, oh, that's too much for me to handle. He's asleep, not because he's absent. He's asleep because he's not alarmed by your mess. Not alarmed by it. Jesus can handle whatever it is that you've got going on in your life. So this is what you need to do. Don't be a hero. Don't try and save yourself because that's not going to work. Instead, humble yourself and ask for help. Today, today, call out to Jesus. Say, I need you to save me and I'll receive you as my Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, for um, everyone, verse 13, if, that's fine. Verse 9, that's works, beautiful. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say you may be saved. It doesn't say chances are you'll be saved. No, you will. Do you see the certainty? You will be saved. If you're going through a storm today, understand, call out to Jesus. You will be saved. He will get you through that storm. And then verse 13 says everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's not going to do a criminal background check. Just think about this. First responders, right? If somebody calls the fire department and says, my house is on fire, are they going to say, well, let me run a credit check on you real quick and make sure you're worth saving? Do they do that? Or if somebody calls the police and says, I've been shot, do they say, well, let me run a criminal history, criminal background check on you, make sure you're worth saving? Do they do that? They don't. Somebody calls, they're there, and they help, no questions asked. Why would we think any less of Jesus? He's here. He's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's just saying, let me in. I'm here to help. I love you. I love you, and I'm, I'm going to save you completely. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to stand in just a second. We're going to sing a song of invitation, and you need to understand Jesus is in, within walking distance of where you are. Step out from your pew, walk down this aisle, and come and meet me here. There's going to be people that meet me here today. This is your chance. Don't put it off. Pray with me. Father, as we come to this time of invitation, Lord, I pray that those in this room that need to respond to your word, I pray that they do it. And I pray that they trust you enough, Lord, to surrender everything to you. And Lord, I know we're going to go through storms. You don't, save us, you don't save us from the storms. You save us through the storms. So we're still going to have storms in our life, Lord, but, but we trust you enough to know you're a good God with a good plan that you're going to carry us through those storms. So in this moment, Lord, fill someone with confidence, confidence enough, faith enough to walk down that aisle and give everything to Jesus. In Christ's name, amen.
as you leave from here, go loving and following Jesus to the best of your ability. And when you do that, he'll bless you and he'll get you through every storm. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here.